0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. According to the liturgical calendar, which is of course um, the church calendar today is Trinity Sunday. And uh, Captain Obvious, you're probably aware that according to Hallmark, today is also Father's Day. Um, And so as Happy Trinity Father's Day um, to all of you this morning. And as we reflect on that, what I hope to do this morning as we have this time together is to reflect on and to draw on both uh, the, and I hope to focus on the very great deal um, that is said and the two very short readings, two very succinct readings, and yet um, there's a great deal expressed in both of those. And so I invite you, along with me, to reflect on what they reveal to us, about the character and nature of God and, and the good news that extend to you and to me. And one of the things, first and foremost, to say as we begin to reflect on these is one of the things that the Trinity makes known to us is the dynamic, relational, loving nature of God. Uh, many of the other presentations of God, God is uh, immutable, he's strong, he's distant, uh, and we see in the Trinity certainly the strength of God, but we also see that um, dynamic, relational, loving activity in relationship with you and with me and God in relationship uh, with himself as well. And the two readings as well, they're they're two endings. uh, Actually, it's the ending of Matthew's gospel. It's the ending of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. But as is so often true uh, of endings, they also represent um, beginnings as well. And so I invite you along with me to hopefully engage about what this has to say about Uh, beginnings and endings in our lives, what it has to say about the relationships uh, in our lives, what it has to say about um, discernment, what it has to say about discipleship. And one of the words I invite you to focus on, it's in Matthew's gospel, is the word go. Um, We hear Jesus saying um, to his followers, go. It was uh, about, uh, not exactly, but basically 19 and a half years ago uh, that Jack was born. Paul and I were in our final year. Uh, at seminary, and uh, the thought process about us starting a family. Every all of our friends seemed to have kids. So we thought, well, I guess we should have one too. Um, and so that was our that was our process and and making that decision. And, and Jack was born that senior year of seminary in you know big hospital, uh, big city, Fairfax Hospital in the D.C. area. And it was back in the day of you got 24 hours uh, and. And once your 24 hours were up, um, you, were, you were out the door. And so it was about 8 p.m., um, and our, we had worn out our welcome. We had hit our 24-hour mark, uh, and we were leaving. And one of the things I can remember, it had been a long, um, difficult labor um, for Paula, too. Uh, and it had, been a long, um, it had been a long, difficult labor. First child, Jack, was a, a big baby, uh, 10 pounds, and uh, and so it's time. Our 24 hours are up. It's about 8 p.m., and they're ushering out the door. And one of the things I remember distinctly to this day, I thought, "You are the most irresponsible people in the world." do you know that this child has no chance of survival if you send him home with us i mean we were we were terrified we we you know we were we were thrilled but we were more terrified we thought what in the world are we going to do we don't know how to be um parents i don't know how to be um, a father it seemed like a good idea back then um but now here it is i'm supposed to be um a father and 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 what do i do and Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, but I would imagine that every one of us here this morning certainly can identify with the emotion of feeling like you're in over your head. Uh, You're suddenly in a situation and you think, I don't have training for this. Uh, I'm not um, prepared for this, and yet life just seems to say, go. Um, You're in it now. Go. Go forward. Move forward. uh, Make the best of it. And so we left... with Jack, and uh, there we were. Off uh, off we went. And I share all of that um, with you, as you might guess, because one of the things I was looking for uh, as I began to be a parent was a model. Uh, and certainly there was the model uh, of my father and You've heard the stories, God bless Dad, wonderful, steadfast, gracious, um, forgiving, but of course, I don't have a whole lot of memories from when I was a baby uh, with, with Dad and I, and so you have to sort of begin to patch it together, and I share all of that with you, because one of the things that we hear in the Gospel this morning, and certainly one of the things we hear throughout the Christian faith is the invitation to you and to me to discipleship, uh, to be people who are in relationship with Jesus, to be people who are followers of Uh, Of Jesus. And one of the uh, certainly understandings of discipleship in in Jesus' day, and and not just in Jesus' day, in our day as well, was that desire um, to be like the teacher, the desire to be like um, the master, the desire to emulate and to follow uh, in the footsteps of that person. Not just, and very important, not just sort of gaining this head knowledge, um, but again, that idea to be in relationship and to um, emulate in your life. And so we certainly hear that, but of course one of the challenges for you and for me, there's no way that you and I can be Jesus. Uh, We certainly hear that call to discipleship. We certainly hear that call to follow him uh, and to seek after him. And yet, of course, if we try um, to measure up and match up, um, it's just not going to work out. So as we hear this call um, to discipleship, uh, what does it mean uh, and how do we begin to accomplish it? What's the power of Um, that we draw upon? What's the well um, that we go to? How can it begin to happen um, for you uh, and for me? Uh, I remember uh, years ago one of my good buddies uh, from Charleston, he and his wife uh, moved from Charleston back to where they were from to the Shenandoah Valley and as they moved they weren't able to sell their house and as you might imagine was a source of no small amount of stress for them and then thankfully they were able to rent their house to someone uh, and they rented it and they moved, and things seemed to be going along fine, and as so often happens in life, uh, then the other footfalls. And my friend Peter got a call uh, to let him know that the house had termites. Uh, and as you might imagine, um, he, began to, uh, he began to panic. Uh, and as he began to panic, just like you and me, you, know, you begin to panic, you begin to swirl, um, you begin to have um, what I call anticipatory grief. Uh, and that's when you imagine the worst possible case scenario, um, possible but not probable, uh, and you think, of course, immediately, uh, I'm going down. Um, we're going down. And it was a serious um, issue for him, and he began to be anxious. He began um, to swirl. And one of the things he said to me, he said, you know, Craig, he said, for starters, I can't get a loan. Uh, I can't get a loan to, to pay for this. And he said, even if I could get a loan, I can't, I can't pay it. Uh, and so, so what am I going to do here? And he said he was just bound up, and as well, as you might imagine, just these feelings of failure. You know, I can't believe I got myself into this situation. I can't believe um, I can't take care of um, this situation. What have I done um, to my family? Uh, I'm a failure. All of the thoughts and the emotions that flood in at a time um, such as that. And he said, he said, well, Craig, he said, then I began um, to pray. And he said, as I began to pray, I began to feel um, a real sense of peace, And one of the things that he shared with me, and the reason I share this with you now, because I think it's so absolutely profound and powerful, even in the midst of what was in many ways a very uh, mundane response, he said as he began to pray about this, not only did he sense that sense of peace, but he said, I really uh, definitely began to sense God's presence and God's guidance in the situation. And he said what he heard God saying to him was this, you know what, Um, Peter, I've been with you always. I'm not suddenly going to desert you. I'm not suddenly going to leave you in the midst of that situation. That was the first thing, the remembrance, the good news that God is not suddenly going to desert us, that God is not suddenly um, going to forsake us. But then what he also um, heard from God, and this again, this may seem tremendously mundane, but I just think very powerful, and insightful. He said the next thing he really sort of seemingly undeniably heard from God was, I'll give you the next step. I'll give you the next step. And the reason I share that with you, because if you're anything like me, uh, I want to know how it all turns out. Uh, I don't want the next step. I want the final chapter. Uh, I want all the steps along the way, and I know how it's going to be all resolved um, in the end, and i like to know that it's going to be a happy ending um, at the end of all of it. Uh, you know, he was just like you and me. He wanted to know how is it all going to work out. But what he was given and the tremendous peace he received was God saying to him, I'm going to be with you just as I've always been with you, and I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to give you the next step. And the next step, and this is just tremendously profound here, was to call the bank. All right, you know, not a bad, not a bad start. But the sense of you know what, I've, I've swirled um, long enough. Maybe I should begin the conversation now and see. And, and, and sure enough, uh, things were able, um, things were able to work out—not easily, simply, um, quickly—but that wonderful sense of of God intervening, God leading, um, God guiding. And I share all of that with you because. What we hear this Trinity Sunday, and not just Trinity Sunday, is the dynamic and active and relational nature of God. We see from the very beginning um, that God is is a loving God. Why? Because he's a relational God. He exists in relationship, Father, Son, uh, and Holy Spirit. He calls you and me. Um, into a relationship. He's able to be loving because he is relational. Loving, not just in a flat way, but loving uh, in all the fullness and complexity that it is to be loving. Sometimes comforting us and encouraging us, sometimes rebuking and redirecting us. But a God who enters into life with you and me and calls us into relationship with himself and makes absolutely certain to us that not only is he with us, um, but that he will be with us and that he will go before us and we hear and both paul's letter to the corinthians and we hear also in matthew's gospel um that invitation um, into that dyna- dynamic relationship with god and we see with the disciples as they go to galilee they don't have all the answers um they don't know exactly what's going to come next and how it's all going to work out they're told to go to galilee uh, and they go to galilee Uh, And then Jesus gives them the next step. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a little sparse on detail. Um, It's not all perfectly um, laid out for them, but they're told, you know what, I'm with you and I'm sending you and I will be with you. Uh, Go. And so what I'd like to say to you and to me is this. We have this wonderful invitation and opportunity uh, to be people who walk with God. Uh, who call upon his name and biblically to call upon god means to lean upon him to trust uh, in him to find um your strength in him a god who is with us uh, a god who goes before us a god who promises to be with us always uh, one uh, final uh, brief story in the process of reading a book called motherless brooklyn i don't know if any of y'all have ever heard of that ever read that it's an interesting um story it's uh, it's about four guys that were in an orphanage in brooklyn and sort of this um minor thug uh, mob guy sort of takes them uh, under his wing. He's basically the only father figure that they have um, in their lives and they start to call themselves um and men. Uh, and there's the main protagonist this guy uh, is, is killed and the main protagonist has Tourette's and yet he's also trying to navigate and f- turn into a detective and figure out. What exactly happened? Well, I share all that with you. There's this one scene, uh, and it's great. He talks about this beat cop that comes along um, Court Street every evening, ushering the teenagers that are there on the steps and in front of the bars, ushering them along. All right, moving along, move it along. And of course, they come up with all sorts of uh, excuses and all sorts of responses. And his line is, "Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Tell it to me walking." Uh, that's his. That's his line. I, I I need to remember that one. Yeah, yeah, tell it. Tell it to me walking. Well, the reason I share that with you is here's the wonderful news. You and I are called uh, to discipleship, which is a relationship that doesn't have all the answers, a relationship that doesn't necessarily have it all together, but a relationship with our dynamic uh, and loving uh, and personal God, uh, and to walk with him uh, as he leads us, uh, to tell it walking, um, if you will, and um, to share the good news, to know Um, the good news is God is with us and directs us. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are not distant or indifferent, but that you seek us, most gracious God, and call us into relationship with yourself. Lord, help us to lean upon you, to put um, our trust in you, and to walk with you as you lead and guide and direct, and to know the joy, the peace, the freedom available therein. And these things we ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.